0: But It's a blessing to be here. I love to preach. I'd almost pay to preach. You know it, that's the fun part of the ministry. Uh, you know dealing with people, that's that's hard work. But preaching is a lot of fun. Uh, someday I want to preach in an auditorium and put a mirror across the front so you can see what you look like when you're getting preached to. Cause you'll you you'll be going along and it's not time to pray and everybody starts stuck in their heads you know you done got them so you just stop there and preach a while but it's a blessing to be here tonight blessing to be in the Lord's house most of you know me or a big part of you know me or know a little bit about me I'm I was pastor in in San Angelo Texas for about 20 years 25 years something like that and uh, and then I had heart problems had to leave that. There in, and I went to Sherman, Texas, and worked with Pastor Johnson, and at the Grayson Bible Baptist Church. And then the Lord allowed us to raise support and come up here and work with churches up here. It's been a real blessing. It's been a blessing to see churches that love the Lord and love each other. It's been a blessing to see churches that are soul-winning churches that are still soul-winning churches. I I thank God for your pastor. He's a soul winner. And he loves the Lord. And you better stop and thank God for him every day. Because you don't find very many like Brother Turner. There's not that many of them. So you thank God for what you've got. And pray for your preacher. I'll get to preaching in a minute. But there's some things I'd like like to say. If, If you eat three meals a day, you ought to pray for your preacher at least three times a day. Pray for not only him, but his wife and his kids, grandkids on the mission field, all the things that that go on in the church. Pray for your preacher every day, more than one time. You don't just say, God bless Brother Turner this morning. You find out his needs and ask him what you can pray for him about this week. Ask him next week when you see him, when he gets back, uh, anything we can pray for you about. And he needs your help. Get to know your pastor and pray for him the way you would want to be prayed for. He prays for you. And if you'll pray for him the way he prays for you, God will do mighty things in your life. So you be sure to do uh, all you can for the for honor and glory of God in, in the area of taking care of your pastor. You know, it, it it's saddens my heart that Pastors aren't taken care of the way they should be. And, you know, that's not my thing here tonight. But take care of your pastor. He has needs. Meet him. Take care of him. Make sure he has everything he needs. And his family does, too. And I'll quit meddling and start preaching here in a minute. I want to speak to you. I, I spent time in the military, not a long time. I spent three years in the military but I started out in the Army, I joined the Army in 1966, in February of 1966 to keep from getting drafted in the Marine Corps. Then I went to Vietnam and spent most of my time with the Vietnamese Marines. So God intended for me to be a Marine anyway, but I was, uh, I was an Army Ranger. I jumped out of perfectly good airplanes. I, I repelled out of helicopters at night in the middle of the jungle. I did a lot of stupid things when I was in the army, but it was a—it was just—it was a. I was, that's what I was trained to do. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, when I first started out in training, I was on my on the the pathway to become a Green Beret, Special Forces. I came through the first four first phases of it and was at the top of my class, and so I kept going. I got to the middle of the training, and you had to make a decision whether you were going to stay in the military or not. To go to any more training, I would have had to re-enlist in the Army, and I didn't like green, so it wasn't my favorite color, and uh, all the clothes they gave me were green, so if I was going to be in the Army, I had to wear green, and so I decided I'd get out of the Army. Uh, but I got out of the, of the Special Forces training, and they sent me to, to uh, Europe, and besides, by the time I got through that training, I'd already been trained in demolition, trained to be a sniper, I'd had all kinds of training that the military had given me and they sent me to Italy or they sent me to Germany first of all and I was in so much trouble when I was there that they sent me to Vietnam to get rid of me <laughs> and I was I was not a good peacetime soldier but I was a good military soldier a wartime soldier I, I did my job well the, the us government trained me to I do a lot of things, and I knew how to do them, and I did them well. And because of that, I was uh, spent a lot of time in the field and a lot of time going on. But I was a good soldier. Now, there's a lot of things that you can you can put Christianity beside being a soldier, because God says we're we're to be soldiers of the cross. And in order to be a good soldier in anybody's army, there's some things that you have to do. And that's what we need today. We're in the last days. Uh, we don't have long to do what we're going to do. And if we're going to do it, we need to get busy. These young people—it's a blessing to see young people in church on Wednesday night. It's—it's a, it's a real blessing to an old man, especially to look out and see young faces. Uh, so you get busy, get the training you need. You—you you ask your preacher what if, some of the books that he wants you to read, and you ask. Uh, How you can get the training you need. How you can learn to be a soul winner. How you can learn to be a student of the Bible. And you allow him to train you and make you the soldiers he wants you to have so that Anchor Baptist Church can grow and be the church that God put him here to pastor. Us old folks, we're passing off the scene. We're stubbing as old mules anyway. It's hard to get us to do anything to change. But you young people can be trained. And if you'll join the army of Christ and decide you're going to be a good soldier. Now, when I first got my draft notice in January of 1966, I got a letter in the mail. It said, greetings, your friends and neighbors have selected you for service in the armed forces of the United States of America. I wanted to go shoot all my neighbors. I didn't want to go to the army. But when I got to the Army, I decided if I was going to be in the Army, I was going to be a good soldier. I was going to learn how to do whatever I could do. I went through the basic training there in Fort Bliss, Texas. I was trained for desert warfare and sent to Vietnam at the middle of the jungle. But I, the military trained me in a lot of things. I went through advanced infantry training. I went through ranger training. I went through airborne training. I went through demolition training. I went through... Uh, heavy weapons and light weapons training. That's where I got the sniper training. I, I went through it. Uh, I was at, uh, certified with heavy machine guns, light machine guns, <laughs> any, any weapon that the Army had in 1966 when I went through school. I was qualified to operate it. I love to shoot guns. It's A lot of fun, boys, back then. Uh, I know you Can- Canadians don't like to hear that too much, but we used to shoot them all the time at home. I, I was born and raised on a farm. And we had a, I carried a 30 6 in the back window of my pickup all the time because you never knew when you were going to come upon a coyote that needed to be shot. And you'd shoot him, you'd hang him across the fence, you'd cut his ears off, they'd give you $10 a set for the ears uh, because they, were, they would kill cattle. So you, you carried your rifle everywhere you went. I went to school, I left my pickup in the parking lot with the trailer behind it and a horse in the trailer, or sometimes I'd get the horse out and stand him beside it under a tree. Well, I went to class. I'd get out of class, I'd load up my pickup and go work cattle. Uh, that's the way I grew up. I grew up working hard. I wasn't afraid of hard work. Being a good soldier, you have to work hard. You have to be able to study and learn to what you do what you're supposed to do. I, you know, my job is when I was with the, the Vietnamese troops that I lived with all the time that I was there. My job was to call in their airstrikes and their artillery strikes. My job was to call in in heavy fire and light fire. My job was to, uh, when we got captured an area, we'd go in and I'd blow the tunnels up. I got to be a tunnel rat. I was six foot one, weighed 116 pounds. And uh, I got to climb down the tunnels because I was skinny. And I could get down them and I could get back out. You can get in trouble down there too. But being a soldier is they're a dime a dozen. You know. You take a hundred soldiers, there may be ten of them that are good soldiers. I made a determination when I was in, in training, basic training in, in Fort Bliss, Texas, that I was going to be a good soldier. And I went through all the training I went through, graduated from every class I graduated from, top of my class. I went to Vietnam, I was requested to go back to Vietnam a second time by, by name and by rank, they called for me to come back to the Marines that I had served with. I didn't have enough time left in the Army, and I wasn't going to re-enlist in the Army. But they wanted me to come back and do what I was trained to do. God wants soldiers in his Army, good soldiers. Uh, I better get to the Scripture before I forget. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll read what the Apostle Paul has to say here, to you, young Timothy. You know much about the Bible. You know that this is the last epistle that, that uh, Paul wrote. My Bible's not going to cooperate with me tonight. There it is. is. Second Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read verses 2 and 3 as our text verses. Why don't you stand with me while we read them. That will get everybody to wake up before I start preaching. I'll keep you awake after that. Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. No, it's chapter 2 and verse 2. Excuse me. Chapter 2 and verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me about uh, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If a man also strive for mastery, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word tonight. God, I'd ask you, that uh, as I stand to preach your word, you'd examine my heart. Lord, that I might be a vessel fit for your youth. God, I'd ask you for a fresh anointing of your power and of your spirit tonight to preach your word to your people. Lord, I thank you for Anchor Baptist Church. I thank you for the testimony it is in Burnaby, British Columbia. God, would ask you that you'd raise up some good soldiers that would be part of the army that reaches our city for Christ. God, we thank you that you allow us to come together and to fellowship around your word. Now, Lord, we'd ask you that you'd speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can be seated. My computer is trying to do weird things to me here. So just, uh, Paul was writing to young Timothy here and he gives him an illustration of what he wants him to be. He says, Timothy, I want you to be a good soldier. I want you to be in the, in the Lord's army. And I want you to... Now, Paul, Timothy is his son in the ministry. Paul is this time is in prison, waiting death. He's given his final instructions to the young man that he's poured his life into to try to get him to do exactly what he wants him to the rest of his life. These are important instructions from Paul. He didn't write to Timothy lightly. He wrote to Timothy out of a broken heart because he loved Timothy. He'd poured his entire life into him in the last few years of his ministry and he wanted him to do something for God. He didn't want him to be a burnout. We found five to, far too many burnouts. You know, if you. If, you know, I know Brother Ben can do the same thing that, that I can do. I can look back over the people that I've known in the ministry that are no longer in the ministry. Burned out, burned up, destroyed. Didn't have their eyes on the Lord. They had their eyes on man, or they had their eyes on, on, on the approval of someone else, or they had their eyes on the wrong thing. They didn't have their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, they got discouraged and they quit. God does not want you to quit. God doesn't have quit in his vocabulary. Did he quit on us? Did Jesus quit before he died on the cross? No, he didn't. He could have come down off the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and, and, and killed everybody around him and took him off the cross. But he died alone on that cross for you and for me. He was a good soldier to the very end. We need to look at some things we can learn about being a good soldier or being a good soldier of the cross. There's some things that that make a soldier a good soldier. The first thing is he's got to be in the army. If you're not in the army, you can't be a good soldier. You can play soldier and you can get you a pop gun and you can go out and act like you're shooting people. But unless you're in the army, you can't be a soldier. Now, you can either be drafted in the U.S., you can either be drafted into the Army, or you can join the Army, or you can be in the National Guards. Basically, the National Guard are weekend warriors. They play Army on the weekend and drive Jeeps around and do things like that, or used to anyway. They've had to go to combat lately, but anyway, the National Guard's not as committed. They're only committed weekends. They want to be a weekend warrior. Then you have the In the U.S., you had the U.S. Army. That was the draftees. That's the ones that are forced to be there. They didn't want to be there either. And most of them weren't very good soldiers because they were forced to be there. Then you had what they called the regular army. A regular army was somebody who had volunteered to join the army. You could tell by his serial number. His serial number would start with R.A. A draftee started with U.S. A National Guard started with the N.G. So you could look at their, their papers and you could tell whether they were go- going to be a very good soldier or not. But you have to be a soldier. To be. You have to be in the Army to be a good soldier. And you have to also have some qualities. I'm going to try to get through five. I probably won't get through about two or three of them. The first quality you have to have to be a, a, a good soldier is you have to be a good Listener. I went through a lot of training. I sat a lot of hours in classrooms listening. I know you, uh, you young people, you're in school. You think one of these days, man, I'm going to get out of school and I'll have it made. You better enjoy school because when you get out of school, the rubber hits the road. You got to make a living. Mom and Daddy ain't going to be taking care of you all your life. You all looking at me like I'm crazy here this evening. I'm telling you the truth. Mom and dad are going to have to kick you out one of these days. You know, I, I, in the world we live in now, there's some 35-year-old people still living in their mom and daddy's basement. That's not the way it's supposed to be. These mom and daddies need to kick them out and say, get to work. Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And uh, teach them some things about life. But you have to be, to be a, a good soldier. You have to be a good follower. You have to be a follower before you can be a leader. If you can't follow anybody, if you can't follow instructions, you'll never be able to lead anybody to do anything. A good soldier follows instructions. Now, we have the perfect instruction book. It's right here. Wonderful book. It gives you the instruction for every area of your life. There's nothing in life you'll come across that the Bible doesn't have the answer for or a direct leading for what He wants you to do. This book is the instruction book for life. It's the manual for being a good soldier. If you don't develop a relationship early in your life with this book, you won't ever do much for God. You know, it's sad. As I grew up, I... I went to a Baptist church all my life. My daddy was a deacon of the Baptist church. I went to a Baptist church. I didn't get saved in the Baptist church. I, I got turned away from religion in the Baptist church I went to. It was cold and indifferent. And they didn't care about people. I had a Sunday school teacher tell me one Sunday morning that she hated kids. And if I she wasn't married to a, she didn't marry a preacher. And if we weren't there, she wouldn't have to come back. And she didn't want to be married to a preacher. This was my pastor's wife. I was 12 years old. I left church and never went back. So, well, she's going to have a lot to answer for. She is. But she's not the one that made the decision to leave church. It was me. I decided that day that I was not going to have anything to do with God the rest of my life. I left church. My dad was a deacon in that church. My dad loved me dearly. He and I, the only the only whippings I ever had in my life were for skipping church. He gave me three spanking, three weeks in a row, skipping church. And I said, Dad, the next Sunday, I said, Dad, you can beat me to death, but I'm not going back where I'm not wanted. He said, what do you mean? And I explained what had happened. He didn't believe me until he went to some other people in the church, and they told him, yes, that's what she said. And so he he never bothered me again about going to church. It nearly took him out of church, but I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad my dad stayed in church and served the Lord all of his life. You have to to listen and and be taught before you can lead anybody else. You young people, especially, listen to your Sunday school teachers. Listen to the the youth workers. Listen to the pastor. Listen to every opportunity you get to hear preaching. Listen to the music, godly music. Listen to what God wants you to do. Learn to be a follower, so that one day you can be a leader. A, a, a so good soldier has to be a, a good leader. He has to be a good a good good at, at It's the wrong button again. He has to be good at leading or uh, listening so he can be a follower. Uh, Another thing he has to be as faithful. You know, when you're a pastor, there's some people you know they're going to be there. They're just faithful. Doesn't matter. You know, Brother Rebel, member of our church. It, you know he's going to be there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's happening. Doesn't matter how much ice is on the road. Doesn't matter how, much, how many problems he's had. How many heartaches he's had. How many heartbreaks he's had. When it's time to be in church, he's there. He's faithful. He's also faithful to be here to give. He doesn't pass the offering plate very often. I mean, he doesn't pass it at all. If he's got any money in his pocket, he puts money in it. He loves to give. He's a person that, that is very faithful in everything he does. A soldier has to be faithful to his job. Now, I can go into a lot of things, but when you go out on a military operation, when you go out in combat, you're trained to a, your specific job. You have a field of fire that you have to cover. You're responsible for that. If anybody, any enemy soldier gets in that area, you're responsible to kill them. Because if you don't kill them, let me kill somebody else. It's your responsibility. So you you're, you're required to 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 follow the instructions you're given and listen to them well. Uh, you know, I went out on operation one night or one afternoon. We got off of, a, of a, a landing craft and we got off and we went into to the jungle, and uh, we got hit with all kinds of artillery. And it didn't look like any of us were going to make it out alive, so we just kind of scattered, keep getting killed. Well, about two and a half hours later, I was laying in a rice paddy, breathing through a reed. And there were four other guys with me. And the rest of our whole battalion was about 200 yards away from us. They couldn't find us. They looked all over for us. We were hiding. There were over 100 enemy soldiers between us and them. Every time they would raise up to look for us, the enemy would shoot at them. They thought we were dead. They were going to have to come back and recover our bodies, so they went on to fulfill the operation. When you're going on a military operation, you have to go over the maps and the, where you are, the objectives that you're going, to, you're going to try to take, and you know where everybody's going to be at a certain time. So if you get cut off for a way like we were, you can catch up with them and you can get back to where you're supposed to be. Well, that day it didn't work very well at all. Before everything was over, the other three guys that were with me were dead. I was the only one there. There were over 100 enemy soldiers between me and where my, where my unit had been. My unit had moved out and we're about two and a half miles down the river. I knew where they were going to be, but I couldn't get to them. They reported me missing in action and presumed dead. My dad was notified back in the States that I was presumed dead. About four days later, I finally worked my way around and got back to him. First thing they did is put me on a radio and had me call home and notify my dad that I was still alive. That happened to me twice in the year I was there. You have to follow instructions. They're not always easy to follow. It's not easy to lay in water overnight, suck through a straw, and, and breathe because you know there enemy walking all around you and you can't get up and do anything. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to be a soldier in the Lord's army. I've been a pastor for 25 years, pastored 25 years, and I've been in a ministry for 45 years. God has shown, taken me through a lot of battles. He's given me instruction and that instruction's not always easy but it's always right. As a soldier of the cross, God wants you to be an obedient child and he wants you to take good care and make sure that you're faithful to do your job. We've had bad weather the last few weeks around here. And Brother Turner depend on you to be here with a snow scoop, getting things ready? Now, you women, you don't need to be scooping snow. That's men's job. Brother Kevin can do it. Amen? He would do it all. He's Superman. But can he depend on you? Can he depend on you to run the PA system? Can he depend on you to do missionary letters? Can he depend on you to teach a Sunday school class? Can he depend on you to be with the, uh, what is it, the third Wednesday night or the Sunday night deal you all have? What is it? Patch, patch the Pirate? Yeah. Can he depend on you to be a patch leader? Can it depend on you to be a patch worker? pastor should never have to make an announcement from the pulpit, I need a worker. You're looking at me funny now. I'll have to stay here and preach if you keep looking at me like that. He wants you to be willing servants. Be faithful. If Brother Turner would call back and say, look, I'm not going to be able to be here uh, next week could you preach some of you men? So when I'm not called to preach, that don't matter. We're all commanded to preach. You don't have to be called. It's a command from God to tell others about Christ. All you got to do to preach to people is get up and look at them and say, do what God said to do. That's all you got to do. But a good soldier is, is is someone who's who's very faithful and is, is able to be led and able to be trained and he's always willing to do the things that he's supposed to do. Another thing a good soldier is is he's familiar with his surroundings and his, his his other personnel. When you get in the heat of battle, it's good to hear a friendly voice. One you know. One you recognize. It's good to hear somebody that you can say, I know that's my friend. I know they're doing what they're supposed to do. Sometimes it gets awful lonesome in the ministry. It would amaze you how much good it would do your pastor if you just text him or write him a little note and tell him you love him and thank him for something he's done for you. Help him to understand that you're faithful, that you want to be used of God, that you want to be a, a student of what God wants you to do. God wants to use every one of us. We don't have much time. If we don't get busy doing what the Lord wants us to do, uh, we're going to end up losing the battles. You know, we uh, just got through with our missions conference. We need a building. Y'all need a building. And our missions conference, the theme of it was, was more stewardship than missions conference. Are you a good steward of what God's given you? It's amazing what God can do with a few people who are totally committed to doing what God wants to be done. You men, I'd like to challenge you to spend at least 15 minutes a day praying for your preacher. I don't have 15 minutes. you got more than that. You, You waste more time watching TV or drinking coffee than that. So you need to pray for your preacher. I challenge especially you men because men lead families. Men, if you'll spend 15 minutes a day Praying for your preacher, and your wife knows you've been praying for your preacher. She'll probably spend 30 minutes praying for your preacher. So, Brother, why not you on. I, I don't know, but the Lord took it laid on my heart tonight to, to pray for the preacher. It, my soldier message is getting bumped out by the Lord because He wants me to have you praying for Brother Turner. I don't know if you understand how hard. Uh, good night, my brain just went blank. Uh, your youth guy that just left. Brother Rayford, I don't know if you know how hard that was on Brother Turner. It was like pulling part of his heart out. He Him and Brother Rayford were team. It was a wonderful thing to watch them work together. and What's the joy they had? Pray for your preacher. Pray that God will give somebody that's heart will be as knit, as close as Brother Rayford's was, if not more. Somebody needs to be holding your preacher's hands up. Lift them up in prayer. Brother Turner's a happy person. He's always got a smile. But I know there's some tears behind that smile. And I'd ask you to please pray for him. At least three times a day. At least men, at least fifteen minutes a day. Pray for your preacher. Pray for God's protection on him. The stress of the ministry. Uh, when you get into the middle aged years is very tough. And we need to pray for his protection, for his health, for his welfare. And we'd do everything we can to take the burden off of him. This wasn't what I was planning on preaching. This is where the Lord said, go. I love your preacher. I I love to come up here and see the smile that he has when he's up here working. He's at home here in this building. This is a wonderful place for him. That's a real blessing. But he needs his church members 100% behind him praying for him. Praying for him. And praying for him. Begging God to use him. Begging God for his power upon him. Begging God for his protection. Begging God that everything, every decision he makes will be the right decision. Begging God that that, uh, he'll have uh, uh, the best day that he possibly can have every day. He loves every one of you, but he needs your prayers. Miss Turner needs your prayers. Uh, she needs to be encouraged by you ladies. You know, just, just write her a note and put it in her Bible. Let her find it when she gets home. Just say, I love you, and I'm praying for you. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. It'd be a big encouragement to her. But it'll be a bigger encouragement to you, Pastor. See, when his wife's hurting, he's hurt. And the ministry's awful hard on our wives. It's, it is. Yeah, it's this. God didn't make women the same as men. Women worry about things that men don't worry about. It just goes in one ear of us and out the other. Well, women, it stops in the middle, and they worry about it all the time. You ladies know what I'm saying. Uh, your husband, can you can you can tell him something 500 times, and he won't even remember what you said. And that's just the way we are. You know, we're men. We don't listen. Uh, we We may listen to God, and we may pray and talk to God, but we never listen to our wives very often. It's sad, but we don't. Our, the church gave us a, a cruise this last year uh, and we took it while we were in in uh, Florida for the for Christmas and we went to on a trip to the Bahamas. my wife and I did. Well when you're on a ship cruise ship and you don't drink and you don't gamble and you don't listen to the bands and the, all that kind of stuff there's not much to do don't swim. So what are you going to do? Well, we had a blast. We'd go outside on the deck. It would be, it was about 75 degrees while y'all were down in the cold weather here. It was about 75 degrees. We'd lay on the, in the shade on the 75 degree weather and just talk. And uh, my wife talked to me more than I've then she's talked to me in a long time because I was well, not anybody else to talk to. So we talked to each other. She said one day when we were sitting there, she said, you know what, Larry, you've talked to me more that, today than you've talked to me in the last 10 months. I said, no, I hadn't. She said, yes, you have. I uh, you, you you, <laughs> said, you, just, you think you say something to me, but you don't. And I said, well, that's probably true. I'm trying to do better. But folks, God put a team here, Brother and Ms. Turner. And they've built a legacy here. And they need your prayers and your support. They need you holding them up and lifting them up in prayer. They need that. Now, I, I had I didn't have any idea I was going to be preaching like this tonight. This is not what Brother Turner wanted me to preach on. But this is what the Lord said I had to preach to Love your pastor. Love your pastor's wife. Love your pastor's children. Pray for them. Every day. Every time you think about the church, pray for them. You'd be a good soldier if you learn how to, how to, how to be used and how to be faithful and how to do what you're commanded to do. Now, this is what he wanted me to talk to you about tonight, soul winning. You know, soul winning is not, it's not something God asks you if you want to do. It's something God commanded you to do. Am I over, over time? I can't see the clock. So I'll just keep going. Amen. <laughs> I'll preach till I get through. Uh, the Apostle Paul I know was a good soldier. And the reason I know that is because of what it says in, in, in uh, chapter 4. just went too far there. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Start with, reading with verse 5. But watch down all things, and do afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. For I know, I, for I am now ready to be offered for the time of my departure's hand. I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. Paul was a good soldier. He finished his course. Your pastor's a good soldier. He's going to stay on course. But it'll make it a whole lot easier if he has people praying all day, every day for him. It'll make it a whole lot easier on Miss Turner if she knows she's got ladies all over this town praying for her letting her know how much you love her. God expects us to take care of the man of God he puts in our in our church. He expects us to hold him up in prayer. He expects us to follow him. He expects us, expects us to be faithful to do what God wants him to do. Let me ask you this. If God were to come back tonight, how faithful have you been to pray for your pastor? Much time you spent this week even thinking about it. He's traveling in below zero weather in parts of the world that God only put there to hold the world together. Put a few people out there. He's going up there to reach those few people that are there. That's the burden of his heart. That's your pastor. He loves people. Doesn't matter where they're at. Doesn't matter what kind of people they are. Your pastor loves people. He goes to mission fields all the time. He loves people in every country in the world. It's a good thing we have people from every country in the world here because we have our mission field here. They come to us. And you're a blessing. It's a blessing to look out into the faces of people and see all the different, different uh, nationalities of people that we have. At one time we at Metro, we had 18 different countries represented in our, in our, in our family, our church family. And they're a family, just like uh, just like Anchor Baptist is a family. A family is faithful to pray for each other. I'm about finished what God wanted me to say tonight. It said in the message I planned on preaching, Brother Kevin, tell Brother Turner I'm sorry if it if it, if it's not what he wanted. But I'm really burdened that we're not praying for our pastors enough both Anchor and Metro. We both have great pastors. And God wants to use our two churches to turn this city upside down. He wants to use us as soldiers of the cross. But we got to learn to follow the orders that we're given. we got to learn to be all God wants us to be.